Welcome to Trial Stories, an informative discussion of civil justice with a focus on the human story. I'm your host, Arkady Frechtman, a New York City trial lawyer passionate about helping serious injury victims and their families. Hi, everyone. This is attorney Arkady Frechtman, and today I'm reacting to the Aguilera Medeiros a sentencing of 110 years. Is that really proper? A lot of people, over four and a half million people have signed a petition for clemency saying that it's improper to sentence this truck driver to 110 years in prison. And, you know, other people, the people on both sides of the issue, some people say that he should be punished because he was going super fast. He never slowed down. He had runaway ramps, which are like these ramps going up in Colorado in the hill country, where he could have just steered the vehicle to the right, gone up the ramp, and avoided any kind of crash. But um, this is a video, actually, a dash cam footage from the accident. Let's take a look at this one. Uh, this one was... You're welcome, guys. We just cured anxiety. Oh, my God! You know, everyone saw that. That shows the truck like barreling through, and this guy's just sitting in his car. Welcome, guys. We just cured anxiety. Oh! So you can see that truck is coming fast. But the, the issue in the case was that Mr. Medeiros had said that his brakes failed. And, you know, most truck drivers do a pre-trip inspection. And that is before you get in the truck and before you drive, you make sure the brakes are working. You, may, you do an inspection of the truck. But... Can a truck driver doing a pre-trip inspection, can he or she ensure that the brakes will work on a, on a highway when you're going like 70 miles an hour? I don't know if that's something a truck driver is able to do versus the trucking company. I think it was called Castellano Trucking. They owned five different trucks and they had about five or more drivers. Now, they are responsible for maintenance and repairs. So they should have checked that truck, you know, once every month, once every few months, made sure the brakes are working. That's on them. So I think this case really highlights the difference between individual rights versus corporate rights and responsibilities. See, Castellano is not being punished in this case. Not really. I mean, they could be sued, but they could just declare bankruptcy. They could uh, take themselves off the uh, Federal Motor Carrier Registry by just becoming inactive. And I think they already did do that. I believe they don't even have a number anymore. If we go to the Safer Web, yeah, it says record inactive. The DOT number for the company no longer exists. So it's so easy for them to just shield themselves from liability. And the owners, the principals of Castellano are not being put in prison for 110 years. I don't even think they're being put in prison for one year, according to the information I've gleaned from reading uh, things on the Internet. So. You know, that's just an, an, an inequity between individuals, how individuals get punished and how corporations get punished in America. So that's one of the themes in this case. And it seems like most of the people that signed the petition, this is the petition right here. Most of the people that signed the petition um, really believed, if we look at the comments, they really believed it wasn't a criminal act because there was no intent, right? Mr. Aguilera Medeiros didn't intend to hurt anyone. He was just doing his job. He was a Cuban immigrant. He was driving a truck. Uh, he didn't have any alcohol in his system. He had a clean driving record, no prior 
incidents, which we can't say about the trucking company. The trucking company did have prior safety issues. They were known for hiring drivers who didn't speak English, who couldn't read uh, signs. And I believe after this crash, Mr. Um, Medeiros also needed a translator to speak to authorities. But I would say that's all the burden of the trucking company. The trucking company is the one who has to make sure they're hiring the proper personnel who are capable of driving trucks. By cutting corners and hiring cheap labor, what they're basically doing is they're putting profits over people, which is unsafe. And by putting this truck with, without checking its brakes, it's a dangerous uh, instrumentality under the law. It's a dangerous weapon, just like a gun is a dangerous weapon. You put a big truck like that carrying lumber, a flatbed, weighing 70,000 pounds, going 70 plus miles an hour on a highway, and the brakes don't work? It doesn't matter who's driving it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to a crash, right? And that's what happened. So I think a lot of it has to be the fault and the responsibility of the trucking company. And that's why people have signed this petition. And if we look at what Mr. Medeiros did wrong, like we said, he could have done a pre-trip inspection, which he probably did. He could have taken the ramp and uh, avoided the crash by taking the ramp, the runaway ramp. But, you know, as a failure to take a runaway ramp, really criminally negligent uh, homicide or criminally negligent behavior. For criminal negligence, what you really have to show is that it was like so obvious and it was such a danger that it was almost like a foregone conclusion that this was going to lead to injury and death, and you didn't care. You just turned the blind eye to it and said, you know, who gives a, who gives a, you know, I don't care. I don't give a crap about it. I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. And I don't know if that's really what he did because, you know, like I said, pre-trip inspection didn't, isn't going to prove it. He's driving the truck. If it's going really fast, he's slamming on the brakes. The brakes aren't working. When he's already in the middle of an emergency, any choice that he makes, as long as it's not a crazy choice, can be considered reasonable. There's case law in New York and other states saying that when you're faced with an emergency, you're not expected to take the most, uh, you know, safest action because you're in the middle of an emergency, right? So you, with any action you take, as long as it's reasonable, is fine because you're faced with an emergency. And, and it's understandable that when someone is faced with an emergency that they, uh, you know, get emotional, they, 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 may, they may do something like missing a runaway ramp. So, that could be a defense or a reason for clemency at this point. But he was charged with 40 different counts and four people died. So there were four criminally negligent homicide counts. He was convicted of 27 counts. And um, the way the Colorado law is written, it basically takes the discretion away from the judge. It just says that if you're convicted of these counts, then whatever the sentence is on each count. So it could be like from one to three years and they just have to be stacked on top of each other and run consecutively. Meaning one sentence gets finished like a three-year sentence, then it's another two-year sentence, then it's another three-year sentence. And that's how they ended up with 110 years. So even though it doesn't make sense rationally, right? Like to a, to a human being, to any judge, to any juror, nobody wants to punish someone that much. But because the law is written like that by the legislatures, right, by the legislator, by the senators or the House of Representatives who wrote the law, then maybe they didn't consider this kind of circumstance. They didn't think this could ever happen. They said, well, you know, at, at the time that they wrote the law and now we're just applying the law. We don't have the power 
to change the law. So it's good that people are signing this petition. It's good that we're at least talking about this, right? We're starting a dialogue because that really shows that people um, may be able to change an unfair law. And um, so, and I believe now the prosecutor has actually written a letter and a motion for the judge to reconsider the sentence in response to the four and a half million signatures. So that's a, that's a good sign. At least we have a dialogue opening up and people talking about it. So I think, yeah, those are the issues in the case. Is it individual responsibility? Uh, there's no intent or is it corporate responsibility? I think here it's really a case of corporate responsibility in many ways. And furthermore, uh, it's the conduct of the person. So like the fact that he had no priors, no drugs in his system, no alcohol, no intent. And he seemed very, very remorseful. He thought he was going to die. And he said, look, I'm so sorry this happened. I would even give my life. It's not, it's just a tragic thing that happened. And, you know, he could have been in the same situation and just crashed the truck into a brick wall and nobody would have been hurt. Maybe he would have had some you know, minor injuries with an airbag and he would have been fine. But it, it just circumstance that it happened on a highway and the fact that the brakes weren't working could be partially like we talked about the pre-trip inspection. But is he really going to be able to tell at what's going to happen when he's going 70, 80 miles an hour on a highway? That's really the burden of the trucking company not to put trucks into the stream of commerce that are dangerous without checking them. That's a profits over safety issue. So I hope this has been helpful. Just a little bit of analysis about this case. Let us know what you think, and we'd be happy to you know, delve deeper into any uh, you know, path or any topic that you'd like uh, based on your comments. Okay, have a great day, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 